This is Still Standing with Michael Caputo, episode 38. Coming up on today's show, Sydney signs in and the president tweets the truth once again. All that and more on the way on Still Standing. No talking points, no spin. It's politics you can't put down. This is Still Standing with Michael Caputo. Hi, thanks a lot for tuning in to Still Standing with Michael Caputo. I'm Michael Caputo. I appreciate you listening in. I do this podcast every week. Typically, I put it up at the end of the week, see what's going on during the week, make a few comments about the news of the day. Uh, This week, a lot of stuff going on. A lot. You know, if you want to check this content out, it's over at stillstandingpodcast.com. Some video and blogging going on there, too. But my audio podcast is my focus at stillstandingpodcast.com. You can... Sign up. I'll send you an email each time a new episode comes out, or uh, you can actually uh, subscribe on iTunes and others. Appreciate you listening in. We're getting bigger and bigger each week, and I really appreciate uh, Sean Dwyer, my producer, and uh, I appreciate you listening uh, most of all. Boy, oh boy, I, I was I was in Puerto Rico last week, and uh, I mentioned it on my podcast last week uh, that I, I was talking to people on the phone, reporters and otherwise, as to who General Flynn was going to hire as his new counsel. He fired his attorneys who had talked him into taking a plea deal uh, with the Mueller investigation after they entrapped him in an interview in the White House regarding perfectly legal conversations he was having with Russians as the incoming NSC, you know, National Security Advisor to President Trump. I don't know why his law firm did that. I, I can't ever really understand it. It was Covington and Burling was the name of the, the law firm, a very big, huge white shoe law firm in Washington. Let me tell you something. There's a problem when you hire people who are part of the swamp. I'm sure the attorneys at Covington and Burling are, are solid folks. They have a great uh, reputation, but we have a problem here in this situation with the Trump uh, investigations. We have a problem here, particularly with the Flynn investigation, in that it looks like Covington Burling was trying to, let's say, preserve its reputation, to preserve its ability to practice in front of the judges and against the prosecutors of the Department of Justice, uh, because they... They must have been trying to preserve themselves because they weren't looking out for their client. General Flynn pled guilty to uh, statements that he made that he never even saw. My understanding is that the attorneys at Covington Burling didn't even didn't even uh, request to see the three hundred two, or didn't get a chance to see the three hundred two that quoted General Flynn and uh, purported that he had you know with, with the information which led to the uh, allegation that he had lied. Uh, Covington Burling hadn't even seen that. And the reason I know that is I I was actually in the Fox green room last week, uh, uh, getting ready to go on Tucker Carlson. And uh, there are a couple world famous attorneys in there. Everyone knows them. And they were talking about this last week. Um, I don't want to use their name. They're a great couple, (laughs) wonderful people in the legal world. Uh, and solid conservatives and supporters of the president of the United States. And they were talking about how 
no, they, they couldn't believe that General Flynn had pled guilty to uh, allegations of uh, uh, lying to an FBI agent, uh, and he hadn't, his attorneys hadn't even seen the alleged lie. And it was just a matter of a couple days later where a reporter called me and said, you know, what's going on? General Flynn has just fired his his uh, his attorneys and I and they're I mean, we're trying to you know this is a parlor game we all play in politics we we talk to reporters we talk to each other and try and speculate who's going to be the nominee for the Supreme Court who's going to be you know nominated for a judgeship or who's going to be the next secretary of who's he what's it you know this is a a parlor game I've played for thirty years on the phone and when uh, General Flynn fired Covington Burling uh, the phone just starts lighting up again I'm sitting in the the lounge, the bar, uh, next to the uh, the gate uh, in the airport, uh, where it was fl- you know flying me back to Buffalo from San Juan, and I'm sitting there speculating. And I told a reporter from a national TV network, I said I thought that it was Sidney Powell. It had to be Sidney Powell. We noticed that Joe DeGeneva uh, did not sign up with the, with the president. Uh, Victoria Tensing, his wife, uh, both great attorneys, both whose advice uh, from television. I've been listening to them and taking their advice, and it's been really good advice as someone who's caught up as a witness in this bogus Russia uh, hoax. Uh, they're great people, and uh, uh, you know, I think that they're conflicted. They have they have little pizza pieces of this this uh, investigation here and there. I think they're advising some people, not me, but. Uh, 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 and and they had to turn down working for the president, as I recall. And I think if they turned down working for the president as his legal advisors, as his counsel, they certainly would have to turn down working for General Flynn. And, and so I was speculating that it was going to be Sidney Powell. And I don't know if you know Sidney Powell. If you walk, watch television, you do. You've, you've seen her commentary. Um, I've actually worked with her. And, and, and I think... She is an amazing attorney and a really, really good person. And now it's announced today or yesterday that uh, the former National Security Advisor, uh, General Michael Flynn, has hired attorney Sidney Powell as his new counsel. And she writes in a in a uh, statement, I'm sure she's very careful, not out there chit-chatting with the media now, I'm honored to be representing General Flynn, who I've long considered an American hero. The general and his family want to thank everyone across the country for their cards and contributions to his legal defense fund. He is going to continue to cooperate with the government pursuant to his plea agreement, Powell told Hell TV in a phone call. She's being very careful. Uh, she's a very, very smart person. And the reason I know her, I mean, I've actually worked with her via telephone. I'm not quite sure we've met. We probably have. But she's been parts of projects that I've worked on. She's advised people who I uh, know legally. Uh, I've really got to know her through her book, which is called License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. And I have to tell you, if you're listening here, buy my book when it comes out. But in the meantime, because it's not done yet, buy Sidney Powell's License to Lie. I was advised by, by the way, Paul Manafort to read that book when this all started. Uh, when just within days after um, uh, the uh, the special counsel was was appointed uh, by Rosenstein by a deputy attorney, a general Rosenstein, days after Mueller was appointed, Paul advised me to read this book. He said, "You're going to need to know what's in this book, and I'm going to need to know it." He had read it, 
and I'm sure uh, he's also probably acquainted with uh, Sidney Powell. But my goodness, this book lines out chapter and verse, chapter and verse, what uh, uh, what we can all expect. We, we all were should have expected from the Mueller uh, investigation. And uh, it's available on Amazon, a great book. It's very worth it. It really is. The paperback's only like 15 bucks. Hardcover, I bought a hardcover because I want her to autograph it sometime. But it's a, it's like a legal thriller. And it goes through uh, the uh, uh, the Department of Justice's uh, operation when they were prosecuting the accounting firm Arthur Anderson and Merrill Lynch executives. You know, Sydney had spent 10 years uh, in two different states for the Department of Justice, a very accomplished federal prosecutor, and then many years, I think 20 or more, in the uh, criminal defense arena. And she had the assignment as a lawyer, for, as a criminal defense attorney for a Merrill Lynch executive um, who did one business transaction with Enron, by the way, one. And... Uh, and then ended up in jail unfairly. Uh, in fact, I believe her her client had actually opined against this transaction as an advisor in Merrill Lynch. And whatever uh, his his level of innocence was, it was remarkable. And yet they kept him in jail for a quite long time, which actually reminds me quite a bit of what's happening with Paul Manafort. Now, Paul, as I've said before, committed real financial crimes, and there are punishments that are that are, 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 you know, accompanying those charges when you're found guilty. But the idea that the Cyrus Vance, the New York City uh, district attorney, has decided he needs Paul Manafort in the hole in Rikers Island right now, right now to face state charges in New York. He needs him now, and yet there's no trial date said he needs him now. Cy Vance is despicable. He may be a good father. He may consider himself a good spouse. He may be uh, uh, a church-going man. I don't know, but Cy Vance is despicable uh, by demanding Paul Manafort go and sit in the hole in Rikers now. And we don't even know how long it's going to be. shows that he is just a partisan hack who is trying to torture Trump's friend, play, taking a big bite out of this Trump scandal, these politically commissioned scandals. Cy Vance has to get a piece of it. And he's going to try to kill Paul Manafort in order to get a piece of it. Sick, sick man. But Cy Vance is a piker compared to the people like Weissman and others who, uh, Andrew Weissman, you'll know him, uh, his pit bull. Uh, he was uh, Bob Mueller's pit bull, uh, according to some uh, insiders at the Mueller investigation. Andrew Weissman ran the investigation of Enron and put people in jail and kept them there, even though there was exculpatory evidence hiding things. The book that exposes all of this is called The License to Lie. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing book. You have to read it. And when you read it, you will know that General Flynn has the most incredible, incredible uh, uh, representation right now. Uh, with, you know, Sydney, I've, I've known her a little while. I don't know her well. I really respect her. And when you read her book, you'll respect her too. But she's all, right now she's out in the business of, you know, as a defense attorney representing individuals, corporations, governments and stuff in the federal appeals complex, you know, uh, always doing federal appeals. She's an appellate attorney, an incredible one. And uh, I'm mostly in the Fifth Circuit, uh, the Fifth Federal Circuit. She's been, I think, on more than 500 federal appeals. 
350 of them as an assistant U.S. attorney and appellate section chief in western and northern Texas districts. This woman is an amazing, amazing person, brilliant, kind, and really empathetic as to what's happened to General Flynn. She's been watching this very closely and is on Fox Common as a commentator all the time. I was advocating her as the new attorney general. Uh, she was laughing at me for that. Uh, but once they uh, got rid of Senator Sessions, I was out there pinging people, telling them to look at Sydney. And if you don't hire her as attorney general, I, I said, perhaps you should hire her as deputy attorney general or you know, a section chief, maybe the ethics chief. But and nobody knows how to clean up Dep the Department of Justice better than Sidney Powell. That's Sidney the attorney. Sidney the author of License to Lie, Exposing Corruption in the Department of Justice. Sidney the author is a great writer, and, and her, her story is like, it's, it's like a, a thriller. It sounds like fiction. But now Sidney the attorney goes to work for General Flynn. And I believe, I've got to tell you, these folks over at the Mueller investigation, now the U.S. attorneys who are following up on the Mueller investigation's allegations, indictments, they're in for a treat. And anybody who supports Donald Trump is in for a treat. And anyone who is supporting General Flynn, you are truly in for a treat. This is going to be... An amazing display. If she can help the general in any way regain, recast, you know, recover some of the honor stolen from him by these negligent and even criminal investigators, she will. I'm so pleased to hear this. I, I mean, if she can't be attorney general, if she can't be deputy attorney general, then damn it. I want her to be General Flynn's attorney. And I want to remind you, as I go on break here for a second, I want to remind you that General Flynn's legal fund is out there. It's very easy to find. Just search General Flynn legal fund. It's out there. Please give generously to General, uh, to generously to the general. Because, ladies and gentlemen, I, I bet he's going to have to spend upwards of $5 bucks. Um, He was led astray by Covington Burling. I'd love to see him recover some of the funds that he spent on Covington Burling and their terrible advice to get into a plea deal. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, maybe he can recover from the mistakes they made. Maybe Sidney can guide him to freedom. Sidney can guide him back to his honor. But he is an honorable man. Those of us who are, are looking past the Russia hoax know he's an honorable man. And he surely made some mistakes, no doubt, but one of the mistakes he made, he was encouraged to make by Covington Burling. Now, Sidney Powell is there in a cape. She's like, you know, Wonder Woman. Steps onto the case. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so pleased and you should be pleased too. And I would advise you, as I always do on this show, to buy more popcorn. Because with Sidney Powell on the case, you're really going to need it. We're all going to need it. She's going to really really do great things. I have high expectations. And congratulations to General Flynn, to Joe Flynn, to Barbara Redgate, and the whole Flynn family uh, for, for encouraging this decision and making this decision the correct one and for standing tall for this country, standing tall for this president. And now uh, the champion, uh, Sidney Powell, has signed in. 
What a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I'm going to be back right after these messages. I'm Michael Caputo. This is Still Standing with Michael Caputo. Hang on. I'll be right back. Still standing. Please remain standing. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Still Standing with Michael Caputo. I'm Michael. You know, you can find this stuff over at stillstandingpodcast.com where you can sign up for an email whenever I pop another episode of my podcast. I'm pretty religious about it. Well, you know, frequent about it anyway. Once a week, toward the end of the week, I give you my commentary on what the news of the day is. And there's a lot going on always in the Trump days and Trump years. Um, I really appreciate the support of people who are backing us up, me and Sean Dwyer, uh, financially on on Patreon.com. We call our Patreon supporters our executive producers because without you, we would not have this production. Our executive producers like John Seifert, Henry Wotazic, Susan Havey, Thomas Fulton, Sonia Carlin, Darcy Swenson, George Noonan, Daniel Markey, Stephen Flaminio, Gary Stokes, Brian Pazdurski, Susan Stevens, Drac, excuse me, Jack Bromwich, uh, executive producers like Jor- uh, Jordan Gostomsky, Patty Freeling, hi Patty, uh, Bill Grant, uh, Greg Mumbach, and my old pal Mark Barry. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Rachel, Julie, and Samantha Lynn, thank you for your support at patreon.com. Our executive producers are are keeping us afloat here, and if you can support uh, uh, the still-standing crew, I'd really appreciate it. It's interesting, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of others have been uh, encouraging me to uh, run for Congress, which is a crazy idea. Um, well, not so crazy. I've never thought I was I would ever run for office. I've, I've worked on dozens and dozens of uh, political campaigns, 79 of them, actually, uh, the re- how I did that at age 57 is I worked on multiple races in multiple years. Um, but I don't think I'm ever even going to work on my 80th and it wouldn't, I don't know that my 80th would be my own, but I'm going to go ahead and consider it here in New York 27, uh, where we, our Congressman Chris Collins, um, uh, is deciding now whether or not to, to run again. Uh, he's facing some legal troubles. Uh, federal uh, insider trading type charges. Um, there are a lot of people who say he's he's going to come clean. He's going to come out clean, and he's determined to to clear his name. But the question is, can he win? Uh, can he win? Uh, w- will he stay in? And if he stays in, can he win? Would I primary Chris Collins? If he couldn't win, I might. Uh, but uh, the, the New York Twenty Seven is really pro-Trump. It's very red. One of the few red districts in the entire state of New York. One of the most pro-Trump districts in the northeastern United States. One of the most pro-Trump districts. It is primarily rural. A lot of, let's say, uh, 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 farming communities, you know, dairy, a lot of dairy. It's one of the most interesting uh, districts that I've ever been to, uh, in this country, a combination of rural, uh, and urban. Well, not, uh, none of Buffalo is in the district, but there are some Buffalo suburbs in there and it's, it's worth looking at. It's worth looking at. I, I think for anybody, 
a guy like me, I mean, I've been a, a campaign advisor most of my career. Um, would I be able to win an election? Sure, I know how to win elections. Um, I've won more than a dozen congressional seats. I, I could do it again. Um, but I tend to do it for a living. I, and after putting my family through what my family's been through in the last couple of years with this bogus Russia investigation, um, to ask my family to go forward and, and you know, stand tall, even work hard uh, to elect me to Congress, I, I don't know. You know, I got to tell you, I'm, uh, I got to tell you, it's, it's hard for me to think of uh, being able, how I would be able to tell my wife that it's the right thing to do. I, I, I have to think about this. I do. But in the meantime, you know, I'm very interested in, 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 even though I'm in the clear of this whole bogus Russia hoax, I'm, you know, I mean, you know, my wife and I are in, are considering just like taking off for a little while. If we, if I run for Congress, I don't have to make my decision up until late in 2018 or 2019 for the 2020 race. Um, I don't think Chris Collins is going to make his decision before that. I'll probably go around and meet with some of the the county chairman. It's going to be a Republican primary, no matter how you look at it. Talk to them about what I might bring to the seat. But I'm more interested, I'm actually also interested, remain interested in the Russia hoax and what we're going to discover from it. Um, I'm interested in what's going on with Attorney General Barr. I'm watching very closely everything that's written and said by Attorney General Barr. You should too. When he says things like, you know, the answers aren't lining up with the questions. And he starts talking about a Praetorian guard of senior executives in the, in the U.S. government who just thought their version, their political views were the political views all Americans must hold and that Donald Trump was not the right person to lead this nation. And so this Praetorian guard did whatever they could to stop. And no matter what happens, we're, we're being ruled by a criminal president by hook or by crook, by bending or breaking the law, whatever it takes, we'll deal with the consequences later. The Praetorian Guard, he called these people, Attorney General Barr. But I'm watching very closely what's coming out of Attorney General Barr. You should too. Watch very closely what's coming out of the United States Congress, but it really doesn't matter that much because the Senate's not doing anything and the House is being led by madmen. But I also watch... The president's words, the president's tweets, and you saw he had an interview with George Stephanopoulos that has turned into uh, uh, a tempest in a teapot. All the hand-wringing Democrats are out there saying that the president actually agreed that he would look at information that a foreign nation gave him, Russia, France, Norway, as the president used as an example, because uh, it's not illegal to look at this information. Uh, would he go to the FBI? I don't know. It depends on the information. He was being quite frank, telling the, you know, George Stephanopoulos what it is, uh, what uh, uh, no, nothing that the Trump campaign did was illegal. And, and and if you like the idea of Hillary Clinton through a cutout paying Russian intelligence officers to give her information on Donald Trump, uh, that that sounds even worse than Don Jr. having an errant meeting in Trump Tower. But I don't know that what Hillary Clinton was doing was illegal. She hid it. It's illegal to hide it from her, uh, from her uh, uh, campaign finance reporting, which she did. She did not report that she was spending money on the dossier. 
She didn't report that she was giving it to, to Fusion GPS through a cutout legal firm. She didn't reveal that Fusion GPS was paying a British intelligence agent uh, a double cutout. She didn't, it, it, she didn't reveal on her campaign finance reports that the uh, British intelligence agents was, pay, was paying uh, Russian officials uh, to get information, to give to Fusion GPS, to give to the law firm, to give to the Hillary Clinton campaign. That is illegal. What she did there is actually illegal. And considering that we've just decided to start uh, prosecuting uh, Farah crimes because Paul Manafort did what everybody else does and didn't register, let's go ahead and start prosecuting the uh, uh, the campaign finance report fib, which is, I don't think it's a felony, it's probably a misdemeanor, but uh, honestly, I don't know that what Hillary did is illegal uh, outside of not reporting it. Probably not. The president is correct. Nobody can convince me. And if you're out there telling me it's illegal to talk to Russians or Brits or Australians or Ukrainians or all the other people that the Hillary Clinton campaign was communicating with in order to hang Donald Trump, that that was illegal, then go ahead. Let's drag Hillary Clinton into this, too. But I believe it's not illegal, as conspiratorial as that dossier was. But... I do believe that the, the dossier obviously should not have been used in a FISA warrant. It should not have been used to spy upon the president, to use the government to spy upon the president of the United States. Ridiculous. George Stephanopoulos might have been pretty decent to the president in the last several weeks, but there was a reason for it. George Stephanopoulos was, quote unquote, fair, a more fair recently because he was vying for an interview. Giving George Stephanopoulos a pass to the White House to interview the president was a mistake. I love the people in White House communications. I don't know them all personally. I know they have a difficult job. But George Stephanopoulos should never have darkened the doorstep of the room where he interviewed the president of the United States. Mistake. But having said that, what the president said is true. And then he came out today at 9.37 a.m. I'm going to read you some of the president's tweets. They're awesome. This this tells you everything. I don't know if this was uh, Dan Scavino, the Twitter master at the White House, or Donald Trump doing this, or both of them. They often uh, work together uh, to craft these tweets. And this sounds like one that the president worked with Dan on. Bravo. Donald Trump, 9.37 a.m. When Senator Mark Warren of Virginia spoke at length and in great detail about extremely negative information on me, with a talented entertainer purporting to be a Russian operative, did he immediately call the FBI? No. In fact, he didn't even tell the Senate Intelligence Committee where he actually serves as a member. When Adam Schiff took calls from another person who also very successfully purporting to be a, a Russian operative, did he call the FBI or even think to call the FBI? No. The fact is that the phony witch hunt is a giant scam where Democrats and other really bad people spied on my campaign. They even had an insurance policy just in case crooked Hillary Clinton, the Democrats, lost their race for the presidency. This is the biggest and worst political scandal in the history of the United States of America. Sad, he says. I love when he does that. Sad. Thank God for Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, and thank God for these tweets, because this is exactly what's going on here. This hypocritical charge 
against the president, that he is going to take information from in the future. He didn't learn. He's going to break the law. He's going to let another, another foreign nation, <laughs> let another foreign nation uh, meddle in our elections. This hoax doesn't stop. Not only is it a hoax, not only is it being proven a hoax, not only are we going to see some people in orange jumpsuits, if you ask me, you have the media still gaslighting us. We have the media still gaslighting, trying to make us believe that the president is preparing <laughs> to let a foreign nation meddle in the elections, you fools. You absolute fools. But the president lines it outright here perfectly. Mark Warner, Adam Schiff are out there wringing their hands about the president's comment to George Stephanopoulos that, that taking information from a foreign government isn't illegal and that perhaps he, he would listen to the information if someone said, you know, at a meeting in the White House, Mr. President, let's say, you know, the dictator of such and such a country or president of country B says, Mr. President, we know that your opponent in this race uh, has been hiding money in our country and banks. The president wouldn't ask for that information. Criminal information. This is not even effective when these people wring their hands. Schiff, Warner, the entire media. It's a joke. It is a joke. And in three tweets, the president dispensed with them completely. Completely. To me... When I, I got to tell you, when I first was uh, uh, talking to the president about running for governor of New York in 2013, we talked about Twitter, and I wasn't a fan. I still uh, think Twitter's a very jealous mistress, a very difficult place, a very treacherous environment. I got fired from the Trump campaign because of a tweet I sent. Well, not fired, I quit, but let me tell you something. I quit because that rock was rolling down the 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 the, the path behind me. It was going to run me over, like out of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, where, where Indiana Jones is running through the tunnel and the big rock is coming behind him. That rock being Donald J. Trump, businessman, candidate. I had written a tweet that was ridiculous, and I'm celebrating the demise of Clinton of Corey Lewandowski, who's not my friend, but. I should not have been celebrating the demise of the president's friend. Uh, that is very uncool. Uh, but I did not like the president's tweets. Uh, I used to cringe when I read them. I, I mean, uh, when I was working in, in uh, the Trump campaign communications and in the, uh, the convention communications, uh, I would watch them very carefully because I wanted to see what the message of the day was going to be. As a communicator on a campaign, you usually use science, polling, you know, research, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, focus groups to drive what you're going to do. But we would wake up every morning not knowing what our message of the day was going to be because the president decided it every single day as he watched Morning Joe. His first tweet would come out around 6.30, right after the Morning Joe opening monologue, and we'd be off for the races, off to the races for the rest of the day. Um, the president drives the message. He does that now in the White House. And I long ago accepted the fact that the tweets will come, and the president was right about the tweets. The tweets are saving him money. That's what, the reason why the president, I mean, the president told me in 2014, as he was gearing up to declare a year later, that tweets would save him the money that he might have to spend on television otherwise. By tweeting, my God, I mean, uh, he reaches more people uh, than he possibly could in a television ad. 
So the president, these three tweets on Warner, Schiff, and the the absolute hypocrisy of the charge that's leveled against the president during the Stephanopoulos interview, ridiculous. It's preposterous. It's childlike, stupid. And that's why America, that's why America is going to reject the candidate uh, from the Democratic Party. That's why America is going to reject the free, uh, the, the, uh, the fake news media where it tries to just just drop the president every single day. George Stephanopoulos should never have darkened the doorstep of the White House to do this interview. But by God, anyone who sits around and accepts the media's spin and the Democrats' spin that the president is planning to accept foreign intervention again, fools, every one of them, call them fools because that's what they are. They're fools. And the president, obviously, will always call them out on Twitter for being fools. A lot going on. A lot happening. A lot happening in our lives. I'm going to be making some uh, some announcements next week. I'll share them with you here on Still Standing with Michael Caputo. You bet I will. I absolutely will. Don't forget, you can find my archive and future uh, podcasts, some videos and blogs at stillstandingpodcast.com. That's Michael Caputo here. Thanks a lot for listening in to Still Standing. You have a great week.